Everyone has a somewhat different understanding of what a family is and what it means to them. Everyone has the right to be loved and cared for by their parents, regardless of whether they were born biologically or adopted, whether their upbringing was planned or unplanned, whether they were lucky or not. What would you do, though, if you found out that your own mother valued money and status more than you did? In the case of Sheena Bora, the solution to this issue was for her to make contact with her. On the other hand, she had very little idea that things would turn out in the most unfortunate way imaginable as a result of this. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to our channel. It is wonderful to have you here again. In addition, we will be discussing the case of Sheena Bora today. Now, this is a really complicated tale to tell. It involves a dysfunctional family, a selfish and deceptive mother, issues with money and the media, as well as a gaping flaw in the court system in India. And with that out of the way, I'd like to ask everyone to take a deep breath and walk with me through the dark. This is the situation that Sheena Bora finds herself in. Today, we'll be learning about a nation that has not yet been discussed in depth on this channel. And with that, I'm diving right in. Namaste. Folks, we hope you enjoy your time in this colorful and ancient land of India. Now, everybody is familiar with India, and even though many of us think of it as a warm and arid country, it actually has a highly diverse ecology that includes deserts, rainforests, grasslands, and even mountainous tundra. This is because India is home to a large number of mountain ranges. The country also has the largest number of tigers in the world, which is a random fact that no one should find surprising at all. There is a lot that can be said about the individuals who live in India at this juncture. To summarize, the people who live in this country are known for their warm hospitality and extensive cultural heritage, which is rooted in the philosophy, theology, and mythology of their primary religious tradition, Hinduism. Even though the religious landscape in India has become increasingly diverse in recent times, Hinduism is still the most widely followed faith in the country accounting for approximately 79% of all adherents. The modern Indian tradition is colorful, lively, and packed with a variety of joyful celebrations. This is evidenced by the abundance of events held there, as well as the high quality of the local cuisine. Today, we are going to focus on Mumbai as the financial center of India. Mumbai is the most populous city in India. In addition to being an important and prosperous metropolis for India as a whole, Mumbai also contributes significantly to the nation's economy in a variety of other ways. It serves as the nerve center of the extremely lucrative Bollywood film industry. And if you haven't watched Drive on Netflix yet, I'm not sure I can give it a wholehearted recommendation. Nevertheless, Watching it unfold is entertaining in either case. Anyway, one of our protagonists for today is a woman named Sheena Bora, who is 25 years old and lives deep within the hustle and bustle of the huge city. 
Sheena was born on February 11, 1987, to her mother Pori Bora, who later changed her name to Indrani, and her father Siddhartha Das. Sheena's father is known as Siddhartha Das. Sheena and her older brother Mikhail are the products of a marriage that began at a relatively early age when the couple was still in college and resulted in the birth of two children. But sadly, this occurred at an age that was much too young for either of them, and not long after the birth of their second child, their relationship started to deteriorate. It wasn't long after Sheena was born that the couple parted ways, and it's been suggested that the primary reason for this was the striking disparity in their respective career lives, including the fact that Siddhartha was unemployed at the time. In spite of the fact that she was the only one responsible for her child's care, Indrani was an extremely ambitious person who harbored a strong desire to have a luxurious lifestyle in a major city. After she and Siddhartha had ended their relationship, she refused to allow anything to deter her progress toward her objectives. Sadly, this affected her own children. In Indrani's mind, she always had work to do, goals to accomplish, and financial goals to achieve. Sheena and her brother were therefore taken away to live with her grandparents in Guwahati so that she may relocate 1,000 kilometers away to Kolkata in order to pursue her education in computing. In the year 1996, Indrani made the decision to co-found a staffing agency that would later be known as INX Services. This was done in conjunction with her new lover, Sanjeev Kana, who also served as her new business partner at the time. Going future, all of her professional and romantic interactions would be with extremely wealthy and influential men. And of course, this is something that will dawn on us in the not-too-distant future. The newlywed couple started their new life together by founding a recruitment company, which eventually became the cornerstone of their entire economic empire. But alas, as the years went by, they were solely interested in conducting business with one another. And by the year 2002, they were separated. And it works out very nicely. But later that same year, Indrani would tie the knot with Peter Mukherjee, making him her third spouse. Peter, on the other hand, was quite the power player. As the chief executive officer of the media firm Star India, Peter was in a position to have a large number of connections, a significant amount of power, and, of course, a significant amount of wealth. It's possible that it was just a coincidence, but just around the same time. INX services started expanding at a fairly quick rate. And so as a consequence of this development, both Indrani and her ex-husband came to the conclusion that they should keep their business and personal lives separate, which paved the door for her relationship with Peter to become significantly more close. Indrani was kept on her toes by the multitude of enterprises, partnerships, and even partners she had to deal with. In addition to this, she was a source of distractions pretty much on a daily basis. However, there was one thing that she appeared to forget, and of course I am referring to her children. 
Back in Guwahati, Sheena and her brother were still growing up with her grandparents, whom their mother, who was preoccupied kissing into and out of a suit, appeared to have forgotten about. Back then, their mother was busy, and it would appear that Sheena held some animosity toward her for this. She penned the following entry in her diary on her 14th birthday in 2003. Oh, you should wish me a happy birthday, but I am not glad. It would appear as though I have nothing going on in my life. Nothing. My outlook on the future is not very optimistic. Simply being depressed has ringed me from every direction. This life is truly revolting. I despise my own mother. That vile little whore. She does not have any children. She practices witchcraft. It stands to reason that she was. Sheena was unaware that her mother had relocated to the other side of the country until the year 2006, when she found out that her mother was now residing in Mumbai. And in order to better manage the ever-expanding Cyanx group firm, she had relocated more than 1,600 miles away. Sheena devised a clever strategy in order to achieve her dual goals of obtaining a higher degree and devoting more time to her relationship with her mother. She wanted to accomplish both of these goals concurrently. And only a few short months later, she reached out to Indrani to inquire about the possibility of living with her while she completed the requirements for her arts bachelor's degree. But there was something quite off about the way Indrani and Sheena interacted with one another. And there was this one peculiar need that had to be met before she could move in with her mother. Sheena would have to introduce herself to everyone, both inside and outside of Indrani's world, as the older sister's younger sister. And no one was permitted to know the unfiltered reality of how they were truly feeling for one another. The justification for this, to this very day, remains a mystery to everyone. But there are a number of potential explanations for why this transpired to be the case. If Indrani had children at such a young age and outside of marriage, it would have given the impression that she was unable to handle the responsibilities of being a successful businesswoman. As a matter of fact, the topic is so divisive in India that several moms have chosen to include their own names on the birth certificates of their children. And Sheena's situation was exactly the same in this regard. Sheena was placed in an extremely awkward situation. Yet despite this, she decided to go along with the bizarre arrangements. During this time period, things went from being difficult to being even more difficult. Peter Mukherjee, Indrani's new husband, has two sons from a previous marriage, so the family is complete. And it was a complete fluke that Sheena ended up developing feelings for one of them. The two began to spend more time together, and after growing very close to one another, things finally became sexual between them. And by the year 2008, Sheena and Rahul were living together as a married couple. This new development did not make Indrani one bit happy at all. It is understandable that they were not biologically related, 
but the fact that her daughter was dating her husband's son did make them steps of blanks. I suppose it's possible to comprehend this. However, Indrani considered this to be disorganized and inappropriate for her image as well as for anyone who was not in the loop. They had moved on to a relationship with a father and son, which involved both of them and her daughter. She protested the recent news by sending her daughter back to reside with her grandparents for a while in the hope that her granddaughter would finally come to her senses and see things from her point of view on the situation. However, not long after returning home, Sheena suddenly became unwell, and Indrani made a great deal of effort to provide medicine for her. Sheena's illness seemed somewhat suspicious. Since Rahul was aware that Sheena was ill, he decided to sell everything he owned, collect the necessary funds, and then travel to see her in the hospital. You can probably guess where this is headed already. Following his arrival, he became aware that the outcomes were not favorable, and it astonished him to see how frail and unwell she had gotten over the past few months. But one of the thoughts that kept popping into his head was, if she had been given sufficient treatment for such a long time, then why was she still feeling unwell? It seemed like something wasn't quite right about this situation. So Rahul saw a doctor. As it turned out, the prescription that Indrani had given her was actually a sedative that is used in the treatment of schizophrenia. Sheena decided to stop taking the drug as soon as she became aware of the extremely perplexing news. And would you believe it, her condition markedly improved during the course of the night. Following the disclosure, there was a significant shift in the way the family interacted with one another. And after Rahul relocated her to the home he shared with his own family, Sheena made the decision to purposefully put more space between herself and her mother. The doomed lovers finally had their happy ending in 2009 when they moved into their own apartment in Mumbai. And as time demonstrated how well Rahul and Sheena complement one another, they came to the realization that they were becoming deeply in love with one another. In addition to this, they vowed that from this point on, neither one of them would ever again allow Indrani to gain the upper hand. By 2011, the couple had formally announced their engagement. And it should come as no surprise that this brought to a great deal of dismay for Andrani. But getting back to the topic at hand, she was also having a lot of success with her life. She was now the chief executive officer of INX Media, a division of the corporation that she had initially founded. At this point in her career, Indrani was a highly accomplished and prosperous businesswoman. And boy, did she have the money to prove it. Plenty and plenty of money. Indrani was completely competent in the task at hand. She was financially secure thanks to her offshore bank accounts in a number of different locations. Some of them were under her own name, while others were under Sheena's. Now, it is common knowledge that those who are already wealthy have figured out how to turn their existing wealth into even more cash. This is accomplished by questionable methods. Indrani was not an exception to this rule. And just as a side point, 
But by the way, now that we are aware of the relationship between Indrani and Sheena, in addition, we are aware of the fact that the creation of those accounts for her daughter is an extremely remote possibility. It had been eight years since Sheena had relocated to Mumbai, and it had been four years since she had fallen in love with Rahul. By the time 2012 rolled around, the relationship between Sheena and Indrani had become completely and utterly broken. To the point where Rahul was taken aback when he found out in April of that year that Indrani had asked a daughter out to dinner, as this was completely out of character for her. The daughter in question was Rahul's. On the 24th of April, Rahul picked Sheena up from her place of employment, drove her back home, and then dropped her off at the location where her mother was supposed to meet her. On the other hand, when he arrived, he saw that Indrani was not by herself. She was at the wheel of a silver opal casa, and next to her sat a chauffeur, who was joined by a third gentleman who was smoking a cigarette. Now, neither of these individuals were recognizable to Rahul, but one of them, Sanjeev, was really her former husband and one of the people who helped start INX Media. Sheena told Rahul that they were going to go out for dinner and then maybe a drink after she said goodbye to her fiancé and that she would be returning later that evening. Sheena did this while waving farewell to her fiancé. But she had no idea at the time that this would never actually take place. After giving her a last kiss, Rahul went back inside his flat. After all, it was just dinner with her mother so he wasn't too concerned about the evening. But come eight o'clock, he had not received any further communication from her. And after making several attempts to contact her via her cell phone, I was only able to reach her voicemail. The next thing he knew, he was getting odd text messages from her. He had no idea what was going on. Sheena insisted that she was feeling good and announced that she had settled on the idea of spending the night at her mother's house. But Rahul felt that something wasn't quite right, and he found all of this to be quite unusual. In the past, she had been emphatic about being at home for the night, but the current situation was a whole different story. He continued to make his own phone calls and send himself text messages but the responses he received became increasingly bizarre as he did so. She now claimed that she did not want to be with him anymore and that she had found someone else with whom she was much happier. She also stated that she was a lot happier. Rahul was adamant that none of this made any sense and that he would not believe it. And as the days went by without him seeing his fiancée, his fear grew to an all-time high. A few days later, he found out that Sheena had supposedly contacted her place of employment to re-sign, which added to his growing anxiety. It seemed as though she was severing all links with the life she was leading at the time. And although it's surprising that it took him this long, it happened a week later. In the end, Rahul made the decision to inform the authorities about the incident. However, their response was not helpful in any way as all police stations, regardless of where he reported her missing or when he reported it, did not accept his pleas. 
and according to the cops, Sheena was an adult who had matured into a self-responsible, independent person and had moved on. It was quite suspicious that none of the officers bothered to check on her health, let alone make an effort to locate her. This cast a shadow over the entire situation. And when Rahul asks Sudani about her daughter, all she has to say is that Sheena is unhappy now and that she moved to the United States to pursue her education is all that Sudani needs to say in response. Indeed, there was nothing that Rahul could do about the situation. Even though he loved his fiancée with all of his heart, she was no longer there for him to love. He tried to get assistance from the police, but they refused, and the person who was the last known to have seen her basically gave him the middle finger. As a result, as time progressed, the weeks became months, and the months eventually became years. And despite the fact that Rahul was waiting by Sheena's door with bated breath, he never heard a single word from her. No phone calls, no emails, no letters and no text messages. The tension was excruciating, and it didn't seem like it would ever go away for him. But Indrani and his father stood by their account, and Sheena didn't respond to Rahul's repeated attempts to get in touch with her, no matter how many times he tried. Moving on, we will arrive at the year 2015. Sheena's absence had been a source of concern for the previous three trying years. But all of a sudden, an occurrence that had not been anticipated completely threw the case wide open. The individual was taken into custody by the authorities and brought in for interrogation after it was discovered through circumstantial evidence that he was getting rid of a bag containing many firearms. Ken Arai was the name that people in the neighborhood gave to the man. He was a native of Mumbai and, curiously enough, he had previously worked with a woman who was none other than Indrani Mukherjee. Ken admitted, after being brought into custody and questioned by authorities, that he was attempting to start a new chapter in his life. In addition, he was willing to uncover an otherwise unexplained crime that had occurred three years before to this, all in an effort to demonstrate that he had good motives. Ken admitted his role as the plot's driver during these interviews, which took place three years after the event in question. And sadly, Sheena Bora was involved in the plot to assassinate someone. Now, if the authorities were inclined to believe the driver, then the events that took place in April of 2012 are a great deal more troubling than they could have possibly expected. According to Kana, Indrani approached him with a plan to kill her own sister. Kana does not know why Indrani approached him with this plan. In return for his services, she promised to provide financial support for his entire family's medical care. And in addition to this, she would pay for his children's educational expenses. To put it mildly, the proposal was enticing in its own right. And to make matters even better, Kenna wouldn't even have to murder anyone. All he would have to do is act as the driver. Kenna hesitantly consented, despite the fact that this one request would completely transform the future of his family. And after only a few Skype sessions, 
A cunning scheme was hatched by the two of them. He told the officers that on the terrible evening of April 24, 2012, he, Indrani, and Sanjeev picked up Sheena from outside the National College in Mumbai. He said that this was the last time he saw Sheena alive. After the young woman climbed into the trunk of the car and took a seat next to her mother, the latter turned around and poured herself a beverage before extending the offer of a beverage to the girl. Sheena began to feel sleepy after driving for a short while, and she eventually passed out as a result of her condition. And on the word of her mother, the driver pulled over in a remote back alley, where both he and her former husband joined her in the back seat of her car. After that, Kenna was instructed to place his hands over Sheena's mouth as Sanjeev held her by her hair. She was being held by Sanjeev. And just one minute after, Indrani is said to have choked her daughter, which is the move that unfortunately led to Sheena's death. It would appear that Indrani then gave Kana the icy command to drive to her flat in Wali after that. After that, the three individuals put her body in a duffel bag, traveled 60 miles to a little town called Penn, deposited it in an area of dense woodland, doused it in gasoline, and then set it ablaze. They then placed her charred remains on the ground of the woodland and abandoned her there. When Kenna's story was finally presented to the authorities, they were horrified to learn that Sheena's bones had been found not only more than two years earlier, but also barely one month after she had vanished. Kenna's account had been kept secret until that point. Sadly, as a result of the extensive damage caused by the fire, it was very difficult to identify anyone who did not already have a presumed relationship to the victim based on their DNA. Moving back in time to after Kenna's confession and after four days of separate investigations, the authorities considered that they had connected enough material to formally arrest Indrani and Sanjeev on suspicion of her daughter's murder. This was after Kenna had confessed that he had been the one who had killed her daughter. In addition to this, Peter Mukherjee was apprehended a few months later for his role in a conspiracy involving his wife, in which they were accused of funneling money into bank accounts that were opened in the name of his stepdaughter. Now, the events that followed are crazy, and it is understandable why they prompted one of the most dramatic legal cases India has ever seen in its history. During the first stages of the court case, Indrani testified under oath that her sister was still alive and, in addition to that, that she was still residing in the United States in order to avoid her future husband. This was the case despite the fact that the remains that were found were tested against the DNA of Sheena and Indrani. The results not only showed that the body did indeed belong to Sheena, but they also demonstrated that Sheena was Indrani's daughter. In point of fact, Indrani's lack of cooperation was so severe that it took her a number of weeks before she even admitted that Sheena was her daughter. It is beyond my comprehension how she could have believed that this would be overlooked. In spite of her opposition to the Central Bureau of Investigation, CBI, which is India's equivalent of the FBI, 
Indrani was an exceedingly affluent person who was in a position to hire the best attorneys that money could buy. In the end, the case was dragged out for far longer than it needed to be, and over the course of the years, all of the information within the case became both confusing and inconclusive. In the meantime, Indrani denied all allegations that were brought against her, maintaining that Sheena was still alive and that the analysis could not be trusted. Sad to say, the Central Bureau of Investigation, CBI, had a hard time building a strong case against Indrani, and every piece of evidence and piece of information that they presented was either challenged or dismissed as circumstantial. They went so far as to hire a specialist in order to match the newly discovered skull to photos of Sheena when she was still alive. And the judge and the jury looked on as photographs of her happy face gradually morphed into a picture of her burnt and empty-eyed skull. But none of this was sufficient to secure a conviction for her mother, despite the confessions of Sanjeev and Kana, the DNA evidence, the comparison analysis and almost 100 witnesses. The legal proceedings began to fall apart, and in August of 2020, five years after his arrest, Peter Mukherjee was ultimately released on bond. This occurred exactly five years after his arrest. After this, and after a number of failed efforts at posting bail, Indrani was eventually freed in May 2022 but only under stringent conditions. And even though they had already admitted their guilt, Sanjeev and Kana were subjected to the exact same procedure two months later. But in spite of the fact that all four accused have been granted bail, what about Rahul? Well, it goes without saying that a spouse is always regarded a suspect in all situations involving murder, as about one in five murders are committed by the one to who do you hold the closest relationship. Throughout the course of the interrogation, Rahul maintained that he had nothing to do with Sheena's passing. In his testimony, he stated that Sheena's mother Indrani had always been against their connection, and he emphasized that Sheena's half-sister Vitai had previously cautioned her about her mother's resentment. The defense team for Indrani worked tirelessly to destroy Rahul's reputation and destroy his personal life over the course of several years of legal procedures. Even up to this very day, he is still subject to being questioned by authorities. Now, obviously, living like this is not a healthy way to live, and Rahul lives in continual fear for his safety wondering whether he would one day be falsely accused of something. Due to the fact that Sheena's death occurred over 10 years ago, many of his responses to the police consist of, I don't remember. As disappointing as it may be, this is the current status of our case as of the time that this video was published. And throughout this time, the investigation is still ongoing. But everyone who has been charged of murder is currently free on bond. To tell you the truth, something about this situation just doesn't feel right to me. Plus the only thing I can think of is that Indrani's wealth, plus the fact that she had a legal team, got her some kind of preferential treatment. Confessions, witness testimony, 
and substantial DNA evidence are typically sufficient to convict a suspect of murder in a typical case scenario. Yet here it all looks, quote, circumstantial. And as a curious aside, but to add to this, hundreds of security cameras were found to be broken or deactivated during the course of the evening of her murder, which, if you ask me, is completely suspect. In addition to this, the police are investigating the possibility that her murder was staged. When I say this now, it feels like I'm reliving the experience of my previous case. But all individuals in India are innocent until proven guilty. On the other hand, she can't deny the fact that Indrani is the person who is the most suspicious and has the greatest motive in this particular case. Because she loathed China and Rahul's relationship, she made an effort to drive a wedge between them. And when they announced their engagement, things got more intense. It's not hard to figure out why Indrani is acting in this manner as well. If she and Peter were to pass away and Rahul and Sheena were to be married after that, their inheritance would be awarded to Rahul and Sheena because of India's default legislation on wills and death. Instead of turning their attention to their own daughter, Vaide, a number of offshore bank accounts were opened in China's name by both her and Peter, which, let's be honest here, was probably done in order to avoid paying taxes. To tell the truth, there appears to be a great deal of odd behavior and shady dealings going on here. Everything revolved around monetary gain. Sheena Bohr is no longer with us, despite what her mother may say, and this is the only thing about which we can be certain at this time. The victim's DNA, which was recovered from the body at the scene of the crime, is an exact match for hers. And if she were still alive, she would have stepped forward to set the record straight about how she passed away. Now, there is no question in anyone's mind that Sheena did not have an easy childhood with her mother. But does that imply that Indrani was so callous that she took the life of her own daughter? According to her, it does not appear to be the case. And even to this very day, she is steadfast in her belief that Sheena is still alive and well somewhere in the world, leading a joyful and carefree existence in a different nation. Just like my prior video on Simone Strobel. However, it appears that the outcome of this case can only be determined by time. And this one in particular reeks of corruption, taking some very weird turns along the way. Sheena had no right to abuse her daughter the way she did, but that's exactly what her mother did. And it's a great shame that the woman who was meant to love her the most was instead preoccupied with money and greed instead of loving her the way she deserved to be loved. We can only hope that the truth about what happened to Sheena Bora will be revealed one day. Anyway, folks, I think I've covered everything for today's discussion. And I want to say thank you very much for your time. Please remember to give us a thumbs up and subscribe to our channel if you found this case to be interesting or if you gained any new knowledge from watching it. If you haven't done so already, please do so, as it will be of great assistance to both me and the channel. Always the same.
I'm really interested in hearing your take on what happened here. Do you believe that Sheena Bora's mother was the one who killed her daughter? Do you believe it was someone else, or do you think it was them? Leave a comment below letting me know what you think. And of course, I'll be back very soon with yet another tale to share with you. However, until that day comes, I ask that you all keep in mind the importance of looking out for one another and for your own well-being. And don't forget to watch your step. Thank you and goodbye.